0: Hello, and thank you for listening to this Fund Board Council podcast. This is a 15-minute excerpt of our longer podcasts, and the full podcasts are available exclusively to Fund Board Council members via their member portal. If you like what you hear and you'd like to find out more about membership, please do contact us via our website at fundboards.org. In the meantime, happy listening. <laughs> Welcome to everyone, Um, we are delighted that so many of our members are able to join us today for what I'm sure will be a fascinating discussion. Um, As with all of our meetings, uh, the idea for this particular session was generated from conversations that we had with many of you, um, who at various different points have expressed an interest in exploring a little bit more the relationship between a firm's fund board and um, its corporate boards in the various different guises that they may take. That working relationship is clearly a very important one, and today we're going to explore it in a bit more detail and also look at the role of independent directors on both boards. We're delighted to have with us a very distinguished uh, panel of of board directors to discuss this with us, uh, each of whom needs very little by way of introduction. Um, Nicola Pease, who, following an extensive executive career, including as chief executive of JO Hambro Capital Management, has had an equally extensive non-executive life, including a previous directorship at uh, Schroeder's PLC, and she's now the non-executive chair chair of uh, Jupiter PLC. Richard Westcott, who, following nine years on the fund board of uh, First Centier Investment, uh, formerly First State Investments, uh, now sits on the board of their global hold- holding company as an independent director, and James Rainbow, who combines his executive role as head of UK distribution and Latin America at Schroder's with being the executive chair of Schroder Unit Trust Limited. Uh, you're all very welcome. Thank you indeed, and very much indeed for, uh, for your expertise today. Um, So a very warm welcome to everybody. Uh, Just before I hand you over to Shiv, a quick reminder that we will be putting your questions to the panel towards the end of this session. Um, You can submit those questions at any time by typing them into the Q&A box uh, at the bottom of your screen, and I'll be back towards the end of the session uh, to put those questions to our speakers. Uh, For now, I'll hand over to Shiv.
1: Thank you, Catherine. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the first of our digital meetings for 21. Hard to imagine, we did 20 of these meetings through last year. Um, the idea for this meeting, as Catherine said, really came from several conversations we had with our members. Not least of all, Richard, you will recall when you told me about the fact that you were coming off the um, the UK and the European boards at what was then First State. We we, we we chatted a little bit about this, and I'm really sorry it's taken us as long as it has to put this meeting together, but just judging by the number of people we have at this session. It's going to be hopefully one that uh, lots of people will take away some useful uh, thinking from this session. But I'm particularly pleased to have uh, uh, Nicola. We don't often get a PLC board chair at our meeting. So uh, you're very welcome. In fact, might I start with you? So we're going to for the first session or the first section of this discussion, it's really just to set the stage to get a sense from all three of you. Um, as to what your specific roles are within your boards uh, and, to pu- and to put forward for uh, our listeners and viewers just some of the issues you've had to deal with through last year, uh, but also what uh, what are some of the challenges that you're expecting to have to face up to this year? So, Nicola, if I might start with you, you're the chair of uh, Jupiter's PLC board. Um, what was last year like for you and, and what are you expecting for the rest of this one? Well,
2: I mean, last year was an extraordinary year and i think many people would would say the same um i would say i mean how is it extraordinary for me personally i became chairman of jupiter at the beginning of march so i had about two weeks um ahead of lockdown uh luckily i had a very efficient um uh, briefing and meeting of a lot of people in those two weeks but it still it was two weeks and Jupiter itself was in the middle of an acquisition, so I came sort of halfway through that. Um, I've been someone who built businesses rather than bought businesses, so that for me personally was a challenge. And um, you know, I think that 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 probably is the sort of hallmark for me of of that year. And we did, which was fantastic. And it just reminds you, you know, how you do need to meet in person. We had an offsite um, in October, which was very valuable. Um, But this year, uh, you know, we become all of us more resilient to to offsite working, but, um, you know, it it continues to be a challenge and uh, we're we're dealing with everything the best we can.
1: Are there particular um, challenges that you're facing from a PLC board perspective, notwithstanding uh, COVID and lockdown and virtual working and all of that, but just at a practical day-to-day level, are there particular things that are unique to either the jupiter experience that you're going through or generally with plc boards within asset management that, that we that we need to be thinking about or that we need to be aware of
2: i i don't you know i think that the, the 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 business of the board i mean when you know when lockdown first happened what one's got to remember about an asset management industry is there an awful lot of elements to the chain and if any one of those elements had broken down all the settlement, all the different parts of it, you know, all the accounting, all the fund boards, all of that needed to work. And actually the industry, you know, we all prepare ourselves in disaster recovery. I think it was sort of five days out. I mean, this is this has been nearly nine months out. And so I think the industry has proven itself very well in terms of the logistics of making this work. But I don't think, I mean, there's all the things that we need to consider normally should. But I don't think there's anything over and above on the PLC board that I would want to highlight.
1: We'll come back and pick up on a couple of those points. Nicola, thank you for now. Uh, James, you've got a very senior job. You've got a very big job and you've got a job, presumably that uh, your day job that fills up the day. Where do you find time to run the ACD board? And what has that experience been like over the past uh, 12 months? Uh, and part two to that question is as you think out to 21 are there any particular challenges or are there any particular aspects of the fund board or the pro- or the product board as it's known as as well that you feel that you'd like to highlight uh, for us
3: well I mean I would um, I would echo, echo Nicholas points about the fact that it was a um, a very unusual year and and the fact that um, it was extremely intense for um, for a lot of people I mean I, I think that certainly from a from a shoulder's experience it was remarkable how quiet uh, email traffic got in the uh, the week between the christmas and new year which you know, is it is a seasonally quieter period but it really was very dead indeed and and i think it indicated the, the fact that you know people had been running uh, so hard mm. for so long in such unusual circumstances that people were just exhausted mm. uh, and, and i think that um you know, Christmas. I mean, it came in opportune moments it probably came a little later than some people wished for but it, it tells you how um, what an intense year it had been and and I think that it you know through that lens the the you know the fund board had um, for all of us had a, also a very intense year uh, you know it, it, I think for, for many for many people uh, doing the uh, the implementation of many aspects of the asset management market study um, uh, a healthy dose of uh, SMCR, um, <laughs> the, um, the publication of our first value assessments, you know, m- many of these things, I think, within the context of just a business as usual uh, environment would have been uh, would have been tough. Um, but, but I think that we, um, you know, w- what's been really interesting is, is how we've responded just as an industry, actually, um, when we've been having to do so much of this remotely. Uh, and, and I think that's been um, that's been definitely a, a real feature of obviously last year. And uh, and then sadly, it looks like a significant feature of you know, a little bit of time yet to come. Uh, I, I mean, I think in terms of how the, the the shape of the or how the experience has shaped our our interactions, then, you know, it would be easy on the one hand to talk about uh, governance and about information flow, um, which is in, in one sense the sort of if you like checking the boxes from a regular from a regulatory perspective Mm -hmm. but but actually i think at at the heart and what's probably more helpful is to move past those and to think about what the regulatory change we've been through is actually trying to achieve which is a better outcome for our investors Um, now there is some natural conflicts as you and i have discussed many times about um the the directors of a um of a fund board um between our duties to unit holders and, and to our shareholders. But but I think in terms of just focusing on a better outcome for for investors, you know, I think that uh, the role that we as directors play has has arguably never been more important. Um, and, and I think that there were early signs that actually investors are getting a better deal from the industry as a result of these regulatory changes. Uh, and I think that's tremendously uh, that's been tremendously positive, and a positive outcome of what has been uh, a really very difficult year last year.
1: Thanks, James. Two very important points you've raised, and we'll come back to both of them in in the next uh, in the next round of questions. But Richard, just to just to round up this first piece with you, a- as I mentioned, you sat on the the UK board for what was then First sent here. You sat on the European Manco boards, um, and now you've uh, now I don't want to use the word you've been kicked upstairs, but you've now been sent off to the to the corporate global board, what's what's that experience been like for you, and how different is the has it been particularly over these last number of months, whilst you've not been able to meet your new colleagues in person and doing virtually <clears throat> and, and such like? Um, and how and just finally, and how are you squaring up for some of the big mm-hmm. issues for twenty one? Um, sure,
4: thanks. Some some similarities um, perhaps with Nicola in um, in timing context. So for for. Um, For context, first century was a bank subsidiary, which was quite intertwined in operational infrastructure with its previous owner, Commonwealth Bank of Australia, Um, and TopCo had no independent directors. And now um, under Mitsubishi ownership, ownership, we've got um, a new board, um, which has never physically met in person. Um, It comprises three independent directors, two shareholder representatives and an executive um, team. So the bedding down of that um, and the learning process, the board induction process has been a very um, intense and interesting uh, journey. One that would have involved um, the kind of in-person meetings that uh, Nicola was fortunate enough to have in, in early March. And we instead of had with lots of early morning and late night, uh, blue jeans and teams um, meetings. and. It, I guess like many things um, thrown at you in a difficult space, it's probably, it's worked pretty well and it's brought the board together, um, helped by a very effective uh, chair. Um, So that's been one part of it. Uh, Seeing the business from a global perspective compared to the European perspective is different. A strong presence in Australia for first century, small, a big presence in Asia and a small presence in America. That's been a sort of learning uh, journey. and then the exercise of building that rapport for the board has been a big, a big um, part of the process. And then in particular, from a task point of view, um, the oversight and governance for decoupling that intertwined infrastructure, um, finding new operational <clears throat> procedures, out- outsourced entities changing, that's been the sort of governance um, task. And when we met at the end of the year, um, just before Christmas, uh, picking up on something James said there's a kind of view that not just for the board but for the executives it's been a very intense year <clears throat> um, and um, that intensity has carried people through but there are signs of wear and tear um, and the word Nicola used resilience is, is seen as particularly um, a strong people have had to be really resilient the Um, intertwining or the sort of overlap between home life and domestic life, the number of hours that people have had to work across different time zones, the kind of potential loss of personal space, um, all has taken a bit of a toll. There's been slightly higher turnover um, amongst newer employees than there might have been in previous years. Some speculation that working for an international company across time zones, which seemed very attractive, um, might be less attractive than working for a company in all in one time zone. Um, with the current um, environment. So that's sort of in this year. Looking forward, um, for a company like First Sentier, it's about how to establish best practice for a board governance, um, which isn't a listed company. It's somewhere in between. It's a wholly owned subsidiary um, trying to aspire to applying a lot of the principles of, of a publicly listed company. And then for the board, to provide constructive challenge um, and act as a bridge between shareholder and uh, executive is <clears throat> one thing. Um, Working with a management team um, that can doesn't have a lot of experience with independent directors is another challenge and then sort of to weave all that together into um, building a successful strategy and thinking about social purpose and um, all of those sorts of things that are central to having an effective um, actively managed asset manager or challenges
1: for the year to come gosh there's a lot there Richard thank you
0: we hoped you enjoyed that uh, 15 minute excerpt if you did and you'd like to find out more about how you can access the full recording uh, or about FBC membership in general please contact us via our website at funboards.org